Praise God. I'm going to be sharing a very interesting topic that I believe is relevant to the times. It's also consistent with what we've been talking about. We've been dealing with the topic of faith. I would like to welcome our online audience to the service. Praise God. Now, I must mention something. Uh, for those of you who may not know, we've got a very reliable presence online. That's on Facebook. You search the City of the Lord Church or you search Apostle Frederick Kaluluma. The videos are there every service. And then... If you're a member of the church, you can also join the private church group. You'll just ask at the information desk. Apart from that, we've got the podcasts. I think the podcasts are the most reliable. So you can go back and listen to a sermon that was preached by going to the podcasts. Okay. And with the podcast, the easiest thing you can do is just Google podcasts or just search Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast. You'll find them. Take note of those things. Okay? Take note of those things. In the event that in the future further restrictions are given, you need those things to hear the word of God. So take note of those things. This is the best time to buy a better phone. While well, people are going for sanitizers, buy a smartphone. Praise God. Praise God one more time. Okay. So we are going to be looking at the topic of fear. So we're looking at dealing with fear. Now, we've been doing a faith series, and one important aspect we're going to look at is fear. Dealing with fear. And I want us to start from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 8. We'll read the entire conversation from 41 going up to verse 50. Luke, chapter 8, from verse 41 to verse 50. And behold, and I want it from the King James. And behold, there came a man named Jarius. And he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he, as he went through the people, thronged him, meaning there were so many people around him. Okay? And a woman having an issue of blood. How many of you have read about the woman with the issue of blood? Her experience with Jesus was in between somebody else's experience. It was in between somebody else's experience. And so it says, a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, and neither could be healed of any. 
came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood ceased. So Jarius is dealing with Jesus, and as they are dealing with each other, a woman with an issue of blood enters the picture. Now, can you imagine how Jairus was feeling? Because Jairus is thinking, oh my goodness, the situation this side might be getting worse. As they are on their way, Jesus stops and says, who touched me? What do you think is going through Jairus' mind? And so Jesus sorts out this woman, and I'm sure you remember he said, who touched me and all that. And in verse 48, he says to her daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Media, too many movements. Next verse. Well, he yet spake. There came one from the ruler of the synagogues, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Now, I want us to follow this situation properly. This gentleman comes with his daughter. He, sorry, he comes with a situation about his daughter. And he says, let's, let's rush because she's dying. And as they are on their way there, he stops because there's a woman with an issue of blood. Then as they are still going, Jesus didn't say, let's stop the journey. But instead, some people came with news and says, don't trouble him. The situation is already gone. It's the, your daughter is dead. Nothing else can happen. Now, I want you to see Jesus' response. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. So Jesus says, fear not. So meaning, in expressing his faith, there's something he had to do actively. He had to deliberately not fear. He had to be a part of this miracle by not fearing. Because he says, fear not, believe only, and shall be made whole. So he wasn't just supposed to have faith. He was also supposed to not fear. That put together would ensure that the daughter is made whole. We're, do, we're talking about dealing with fear. Praise God. Now, one may ask, what is fear? What really is fear? Fear is a state of inadequacy. Let me say that again. It's a state of inadequacy. And in its manifestation, one begins to believe the worst. So they believe that the worst will happen because somehow they feel something is compromised. Maybe their security is compromised or um, their emotions are compromised. There's something compromised. So because there's something compromised, they're in a state of inadequacy. They're alarmed because something has been compromised. And so it can manifest in actions. It can manifest in talking. It can manifest in what a person does. It can manifest in what a person does not do. It can manifest in what a person says. It can manifest in what a person does not say. You'll notice somebody who's afraid of the exam results. There's a way they will talk. The person who's not afraid, there's also a way they will talk. 
I heard of someone who immediately after writing their grade 12 exam went to check the prices for GCE. Why? They were, they were afraid. And you know what's interesting about it is that it's, it's at a higher realm than being scared. Being scared can be temporal. Maybe, you know, there's a dog there and the like, so maybe some people may not be as physical as I am to be able to take down uh, a really big dog and the like. So maybe temporarily somebody can feel inadequate. They can feel they are not safe. But, you know, the moment the dog is out, they're okay. They will laugh about it. But with fear, the dog is always there. You imagine how it graduates to fear. You find every time you're walking, you always feel there's a dog somewhere. There's a dog. There's a dog, which is not even there. I Meaning it's controlling you without being there. You can find that dog died two days ago. But there's this thing called fear. Praise God. Not for you. Not for you. And here are a few things I want you to note about fear. Like I said, number one, it's a state of inadequacy where you feel something is compromised, okay? Maybe your security is compromised. So you feel inadequate. And that leads you to believing the worst. Second thing you must know about fear is that just like faith, fear has a way of manifesting. It's got a way of bringing what you feared into manifestation you realize later because it's spiritual. Let's look at the scriptures. How many of you have heard of a man called Job? How many of you know Job had a weakness? Let's look at it. Job chapter number 3, verse 25. I want you to hear what Job said about himself after he experienced those calamities. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Next verse. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. So it's interesting that there are certain things he was doing which may not have been a manifestation of faith, but of fear. We are going somewhere. And then the guy tells us something. He said, that which he dreaded, that which he feared the most, that's what happened to him. You have to learn to deal with this fear issue. It's got a way of manifesting. It's got a way of manifesting. You have to learn to deal with it. Praise God. We don't know for how long he dreaded. We don't know for how long he feared. But there, there should be something that attracted Satan. to say, oh, this guy is fearing this. Let's try and get at him in that way. It's got a way of manifesting. Somebody say glory. glory. Another thing you must know about fear is that it's got a very, one of its twin brothers is called doubt. Fear and doubt usually go together. For a believer, the manifestation of fear is the presence of doubt. Let me show you. Matthew chapter 14. How many of you remember when Peter saw Jesus and then Peter said, Master, if it's you, then allow me to walk on the water. And then Jesus said, Peter, come. And the guy starts walking on water. And then the Bible says in verse 29 that he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Uh, 
So he starts a walk of faith. Verse 30, please. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Next verse. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, why did you doubt? So what, 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 what was married to the presence of fear here? The fact that he doubted. He doubted the word because the word was come. The word was not, I'll hold you. The word was come. He doubted. The moment you begin to doubt, you attract fear. So fear is usually a manifestation of somebody doubting the promises of God. God has said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And you spend the rest of your life thinking, would the future ever be good? Would the future, then, then in that moment, that's a manifestation of doubting what God has said. And the things that I'm saying, I'll tell you this, it's a temptation we all have. It's a temptation that's common to every man. Because the fact of the matter is you've not lived tomorrow, you are in today. The fact of the matter is you are aware of what's going on. You know how, how much the dollar is. You know how that could have an effect of this. You know what's going on. You know there is this. You know there is this. You've heard of those two. You've heard of A, B, C, D. You, you, I don't know if you're getting my point. It's very easy to be fearful. It's very easy to be fearful. I'll tell you something. I was, I was telling someone that if there's ever been a year which has been one of the toughest to be a pastor in Zambia, it's this one. It's this one. I'm telling you, this year, it's been, it's been <laughs> you have to be a bit tough <laughs> and resolute. Because uh, I, I was reading a scripture where Paul was talking to the Corinthian church, and he was saying how when any, he, was, he was talking about his ministry, and he said, was there any of you who was weak and I didn't carry the burden with you? And the way it is with pastoring is that you carry the burden that the people are, are experiencing. That's why Moses spoke to God about the burden of the people, right? I think God gave him people to help carry the burden. But nevertheless, the people have been afraid. If it's not a ritual killing, it's gassing. If it's not gassing, it's, <laughs> it's something else. If it's not that, it's the dollar. If it's not that, it's will we graduate. If it's not that, it's will we get jobs. If it's not that, it's will we... I'm telling you, you can sense it. Sometimes you're praying and you can, you know, you pray the normal time you usually pray. When you're done, you're like, ah, <laughs> I need to add a bit more. You can sense it. You can sense it. And that's what's going on out there. But praise God, there are people like you to bring hope to the hopeless. Listen, there is too much negativity in the world. Somebody, somebody has to speak the gospel. Think about this. As it stands, the whole world has been brought on its knees. The world has been brought on its knees by Akashishi. Some small thing which, according to scientists, moved from a, uh, from a bat to an armadillo to a human at a wet market or something like that. And uh, somebody's thirst for bats has brought the whole world to its knees. Clearly, 
human beings may not be as advanced as we thought. But in these moments, do not fear. Do not doubt what God has said about you. You even know 30 years from now, this and this and this will happen in your life. You start thinking as though the world will end tomorrow. In that context. Do not fear. God has good plans for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And God knew the kind of, the kind of breed he needed to put in these last days. He knew there was a certain kind of breed that can handle these times. <laughs> he knew, he knew, praise God. Oh, he knew the kind of pastors that he wanted for this period. He knew the kind of resolve, praise God. <laughs> Let's go. Another thing you must know about fear, like I said, it is equated to doubt. Here's another thing about fear. Fear can delay you in life. Fear can delay a blessing the same way increased faith can accelerate it. Fear can delay you. Let me give you an example. I want you to see something. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 2. I want you to see something interesting here. The Bible says, you can give me the New King James, okay. It is 11 days journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Now, someone may be wondering, what are all these terms? Um, the next verse says, it came to pass in the 40th year. Now, how many of you know how long the Israelites were in the desert? 40 years. I was going to say 40 years and 40 nights. Anyways, they were in the desert for 40 years. But the previous verse tells us that it was an 11-day journey. It could have taken 11 days, but it was 40 years. It was 40 years. There are several reasons why it took 40 years. One of the reasons, their faith was not enough. Exodus 13, verse 17. It was an 11-day journey, people. It wasn't that far. Exodus, uh, give it to me, 11, verse 17. The Bible says, 17, please. It's not there. 13, verse 17. I said 13, you just heard. You confused me. <laughs> then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God, notice this, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, least perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. They were not ready. Can you imagine God decided not to use the shorter route? He used the longer one. Because are you seeing the manifestations of what they did over just man and all those things? So they were not ready. 
So he leads them another route. And then you notice what happened. How it took 40 years. God was waiting for an entire generation to die. You know, read it for yourselves. An entire generation had to die. Let me show you. <laughs> Numbers 13. What happened is Moses sent people as spies. Now, these were people who knew the word of God. What was the word of God? That I will give you this land flowing with milk and honey. So he sends the people as spies, okay? And then in Numbers, is it 13? The people go there to spy, and they came back to give a report. Look at verse 26. Numbers 13, verse 26. That's why you must be careful who your messengers are. Now, when they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and the congregation of the children of Israel, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Uh-huh. They told them, we went to the land you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. You remember God had said it will flow with milk and honey. Next verse. Nevertheless, oh my, I know the Bible says this, but... I know the scripture says this, nevertheless. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Descendants of Anak mean giants. Next verse. The Amalekites dwell in the land, the Hittites, the Jebusites, uh -huh. the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. But there was another guy who was different. Ah. Uh -huh. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. That's why there are certain moments you don't keep silent. Talk, give your view. Give the faith perspective. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take position. For we are well able to overcome it. Uh-huh. By this time he was 40 years old. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Praise God. Verse 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. Next verse. Then we saw the giants, and look, it says, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. What were they using? The human kind of faith. Remember, we talked about that, right? Next verse. It's chapter 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. God was angry. God decided only two of them would see the promised land, Caleb and Joshua. Notice, notice a few things God said. Verse 20. Read this in your own time. Eh? Mark it. You really enjoy reading the scripture. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Uh -huh. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Uh -huh. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Next verse. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has 
followed me, not halfway, not quarter, but fully. I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. At the age of 80, you remember what Caleb said? He said, I was 40 years old when the Lord spoke. I'm 80, but my bones are still as strong as they were 40 years ago. The Lord sustained him. Now, what's interesting here is that we are told Caleb had a different spirit. Have you seen in the scriptures, it says, we have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore, we spoke. That brings us to the final point. Fear is spiritual. Fear is spiritual. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. What does it say? Did I give you a wrong one? 2 Timothy 1, 7. What does it say? Aha, come on, we know it. We can say it from our hearts. One, two, three, go. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Now, I've shown you a few things of what fear can do. It can literally delay a blessing. For some of the others, it ended up denying them a blessing because their mind was focused on fear. So now, how do you deal with it? Number one, recognize that it's a spirit. Recognize it as spiritual. The moment you recognize it as spiritual, then you've got spiritual ways of dealing with it. You cast it out. You rebuke it. You have to rebuke it. I remember, probably I never told you this story. There was that period when Zambia was experiencing the whole cholera thing. And I remember one time, I was seated. I don't know how I allowed my mind to wander. Ah, but that day it wandered. Then I don't know what had happened. I said I had a, a, a pain in my stomach. <laughs> then it clicked. Uh oh. <laughs> then I remembered. Wait. The other day I was laying hands on people. I did not. I did not. I, I experienced a funny thing. The, during that period, something funny I was experiencing is that. People are coming to me to lay hands on them with um, Dario <laughs> symptom. <laughs> and by then, the regulations hadn't really been given. At least, you know, when regulations are given, you can say, ah, I wanted to greet you, but you know the Minister of Health, you know, we're law-abiding citizens and the like. I was sure. <laughs> so, and it was quite new. So I remember thoughts came before I knew it. I said, wondering. And I could see the headline, Pastor. <laughs> Pastor affected with cholera. I started thinking, so what do my members think? And it's uh, going around. And, and as it was happening, my stomach was getting worse. Then I realized, oh my God, you foul spirit of fear out. I'm telling you. It's a spirit. How I knew that is the day. I had overread so many gassing stories. The atmosphere in the living room changed. Three times I woke up at night and asked myself, have I been gassed? <laughs> now, I, I, I literally woke up. And the atmosphere was a bit different. Am I the only one who experienced that? That's what I'm saying. It's a temptation we all have. It's a temptation that's there for everyone. Praise God. Praise the Lord. 
But my point is this. Recognize that fear is a spirit. And what's funny about spiritual things is this. You know something spiritual can come out of how you react to something natural. So for example, um, there are guidelines that have been given. Don't do this, don't do this. What should you do? Follow them. That's okay. I mean, be wise. Don't put the Lord, your God, to a test. What shouldn't you do? Wake up every morning thinking, do I have it? I don't know if you're getting my point. Before you know it, you start building fear. 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 Don't do that. Don't alarm yourself. Don't start spending the whole morning researching on all the bad cases. If you want to research, research on the 98% who have recovered. Praise God. <laughs> or on the fact that I think the death rate in Africa is 0.000001 or something like that. How do you get in my point? But don't... Okay, that's, that's another point. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. Fear is a spirit. I'm not just talking about this issue that's going on. Generally, fear, I'm telling you, it's a spirit. It's spiritual. There is what is called a spirit of fear. And sometimes, fear can come as a result of bondage to something else. The Bible says we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's what the Bible says. You've seen that, right? It should be Romans 8. Not so. That's Romans 8, if I'm not mistaken. So recognize it as a spirit and deal with it. Is somebody following me? Recognize it as a spirit. You read from, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So it's, fear is spiritual. It's very spiritual. Praise God spiritual. And then secondly, when you're dealing with it, second thing you'd want to do is to expose yourself to the right information. Expose yourself to proper sources of information. The first thing you must do is have a biblical perspective of all these things. Jesus told us something, John 16, Verse 33, what did he say? I have told you these things because in this world you have trouble. These things have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. So where is your peace found? In him. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You must regulate your source of information. This would be the best time for you to start reading more scriptures on what Jesus has said about your preservation. Do your part, but you can only do so much. At the end of the day, God preserves us. God preserves us. These are the days when you, when, when you can read on preservation, when you can study the scriptures on preservation. Be careful about your source of information. Some of those people who are causing you to panic are, Mute their statuses for now. You can add them back a month later. They may not be very helpful for you. I remember when there was all this, uh, when the gas and stuff was going on, there's a status I saw which showed like a group of children lying down on the floor and mothers crying and someone was probably, what is happening to Mother Zambia? It was not Zambia. 
It wasn't. It wasn't even close to Zambia. And if you studied what happened during that period, there were people who... If, because of how fear was manifested in that period, even if someone just came with water and did this, <laughs> someone that side, somehow, just, hey! <laughs> Praise God. Listen, your destiny is bigger, than, is bigger than what's going on. God didn't bring you on this earth just for one or two bats to deal with your life. Your destiny is bigger than that. And I thought it best. And what I'm telling you is something you can apply to several other things. Because this is something you have to deal with. The Bible says there's no temptation that has seized you except what is common to man. The, 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 the temptation to fear is common to man. That's why, have you observed what Jesus would say? There's something he said to John, which I will say to you. Take me to Revelations. Take me to Revelations chapter number one. And it's a scripture we'll end with. Revelations chapter 1. Somebody say glory to, God. glory to God. Has someone been blessed by this so far? Have you learned something? Have you found it to be relevant to you? Verse 17, give me from the King James. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me. Yeah, I like that saying to me, King James, he laid his right hand on me, saying unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. Listen, he is your beginning, he is the end. He is the one who started, he is the one who is ending. And he says, fear not, I am the first and the last. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith. So if you, I was to tell you one reason not to fear, it's because he is the first and the last. And you are in him. <laughs> he is the first, he is the last. He's the originator, he's the finisher. He's the alpha, he's the omega. We, fear not. You are in someone who's the first and the last. That's why he told us these things before they came. He told us there'll be famines. He told us there'll be pestilence. He told us there'll be earthquakes. Why? He's the first and the last, and you are in him. Fear not. Fear not. Praise God. Next week, we're going to look at the different levels of faith. We're going to look at Little faith. We're going to look at weak faith. Then if we don't have time, the other week, we're going to look at strong faith. And we're also going to look at great faith. And then we'll have about two more weeks and we are done with our faith series.